we left off yes, where we start off yesterday, and that is we're discussing the four Mishnayos that um, Rebbe Lazar was of the opinion that there was actually a historical Mishnah. It's not actually accurate in the current times. It was a period of time, as we know, from we learned yesterday that uh, earlier uh, that Nechemia ben Chiklia um, um, in his days people were lax in Shabbos so they had to make much more strict rules regarding Muktza and as people became more and more observant so they were able to ease up on those restrictions anyway bottom line is these Mishnayas some of them are leftovers of the old days of the olden days and that's what uh, we're talking about over here so um so well, the one on the list that we're talking about is the one of uh, the one on the list that we're talking about is the one of glustera, which is some type of knob that uh, fits in the door and it's used to lock the door. And uh, basically, it's machlokis between uh, Rabbi Shua and Rabbi Tarfan whether you are allowed to pick it up and move it directly, or is it something that was left in the door. And uh, basically, just you, you have to like indirectly slip it out of the door and put it on the other door. Question is, uh, uh, what is what? So according to Rabbi, uh, so that's that. So we think that why would Rabbi Shul consider this thing a mukta item in the first place? It's uh, it shouldn't, and therefore we thought that uh, it's a riot that it's is going according to the old indefinite old old times definition of what mukta is. And the last one was Meducha, which we also discussed and we had a problem with. We Like, why was this Meducha exactly? It's a Kalisha Malachalis, or granted, but why should it be also to move in any way? So the Gemara says, you're right, absolutely. So the Gemara thought this was another example of uh, old-time Mishnayos, you know, in the old school of what Mokzo included, which was much more strict. So Rabbah said to Rebbe Lazar, he says that all those riots or all those four cases could be that they're actually practical halacha even nowadays. They're not historical. Because maybe the real reason why um, the kanin uh, need to be arranged from before Shabbos is because really you don't need those kanin on Shabbos. Those half pipes that we used to separate to give air between the various showbreads only relevant because we're, the only need for them was so that they shouldn't come spoiled. In such a short um, come moldy. In a very short time, it's not going to come moldy anyway. Um, so there would be no need, and therefore there is no use for them on Shabbos, technically. And that's why it had to be arranged before Shabbos. The same thing is true with the sticks that they're used to, uh, to, to skin the carbon Pesach. Also, it was an unnecessary thing. They could have just, they could use the arms like we like we learned. So therefore, there shouldn't be any, there's no reason for them, and therefore they could be that they're mukta. And next we saw, and uh, as far as the glustera, it could be that it's going like rabbiyane. The question there was not a question of mukta; it was a question of carrying. <coughs> and it was a chotzer sheinimol reves, a non. They never set up the eruv in that chotzer. And the question is, how do you look at those knobs? Do you look at those knobs as indoor utensils, and therefore it's like from the bias, the clay bias, where you can't take it directly outside, and you can't carry it? Or do you look at it as part of the chatzar? And if it's part of the chatzar, so then it should be allowed. And that's the, and that's the idea. And as far as meducha, you could say that we're going to come to Yeah. 
you know, it comes out an interesting thing that uh, we're really mentioning only as an aside, but uh, if you it, it, there, there is a rule that even the, even a chutzer that's not that does not have an eruv around it, um, it, still things that were that stayed for that started out Shabbos outside in the chutzer can be carried throughout that chutzer because that chutzer is considered a single rishos. It's just that you're not allowed to take from your house. Without an Arab, you can't take from your house into the Chatzar. What well, started out in the house. It's very relevant and practical halacha for various things. But anyway, that's a, just a side point that comes out from this. Next thing is that we, we saw in the Mishnah talking about Kalim can be taken Litzorach and Shalom Litzorach. And Rabbi Nechemi says only Litzorach. And the question is, what did we mean by Tzorach and Lo Litzorach? So, um, we, so Rabbah says that Tzorach means If it's a Tzorach then you can use it for Gufo or Merkomo. Um No, I'm sorry. Tzorach is Tzorach Gufo. And um, one second, let's get it straight. So Rabbah's position is if it's a Tzorach then it's Tzorach Gufo. Tzorach Gufo, that's Tzorach. And um, um, let's read it right. Okay, sorry. If it's a davar shemalach to leheter, letzorach kufo, and shalol letzorach means a davar shemalach to leheter, letzorach mekomo. A davar shemalach to leheter, letzorach kufo is yes, and letzorach mekomo is not. That shita's raba. Okay, and Rabbi Nachemi argues and says that even if it's a davar shemalach to leheter, it's still only the kufo. And not the Makomo. So you can't move even a Kalisham Lachtal Heter. It's something that I use. I can't use it for, um, I can't move it with Tzorach Makomo according to Rav Okay? Okay, now, Rava says that no, that's not true. How can you call Tzorach Makomo Shalom Lachtal That is a Tzorach. It's in my way. So he therefore argues and says that that Tzorach by Tavisham Lachtal Heter includes Tzorach Makomo or Tzorach Kufo. Both. And Shalol Tzorach means Mecham And Kalisham Lachta Leiser, and even that is allowed by Dovisham Lachta Leiser. Kalisham Lachta Leiser is, is uh, Tzorach is Tzorach Gufom Tzorach Mekomo, and Shalol Tzorach is Mecham Okay. Anyway, bottom line is, um, and that's what's not allowed. Okay? And, uh, and Rabbi Nachemia says that even a Dovisham Lachta Leiser is only allowed. Gufo Makomo and not for Khamalitzel. So on that, so Rav Safra was trying to understand how did they live according to Rabbi Nechemia, according to Rabbah's understanding of Rabbi Nechemia. So it comes out that they ate their meal, they had a beautiful meal, the tables finished, everyone finished their plates, and the plates are sitting on the table. How can you pick up the table? That I mean the plates off the table and put it in the sink. Well, how do you do that? Those plates, I I don't need the plates anymore. I'm finished with the plates. When I'm clearing them, it's a klisha malach but even a klisha malach talater, Rabbi Nechemia holds, you can only move it, move it, letzorach gufo, according to Rabbah. You can't even move it, letzorach makomo. So, and I don't need the plates right now. So, how am I allowed to clear the plates off the table? It's a big problem. So, that was the question Rav Safra and Rav Achbarun and Rav Huna were sitting and discussing this question. Comes along with Rav Safra and he says the Peshat is like this. 
The reason why you're allowed to clear the table from with all the plates, the dirty plates, it's no different than Graf Shalrei. It's a special over, overriding that something that's disgusting and that you really don't like there, there's a special allowance to remove it. A bedpan, you have a bedpan under the bed that's dirty, you're allowed to get rid of it even though technically you have no use for it. That's not the point. You, you, your use is that you need it out of here. So that's good enough. So, um, and that question was actually raised from Abaya asked Rabbah the same question. And Rabbah said, Baruch Hashem, Rav Safra came to help me and he gave this answer. That the reason why it would be allowed is because it's similar to Graf Shalrei. Next we saw Abaya asked Rava a question. You, Rava, say that you're allowed to move any keli, um, even shalolot, even shalolot tzoruch, even a kli shalakta le'isr, you're allowed to move it le'tzoruch kufo or makomo. So why then, by maducha, if it has garlic, you can move it because of the garlic. But if it doesn't have garlic, this is a basically a garlic press why, that also holds the garlic. Why can't I move it? I, I, it's a container that's useful for me and I want it, right? So the Mar says, you're right. The reason why what we're talking about you can't move it is talk, taking it It was out in the sun and I want to bring it to the shade. It's to protect the item. I don't have any need for it. But if I had a need for it, I would be allowed to remove, move it around. Next, we saw the case of the machlokas by Bisham and Bisilo, chopping the meat on the uh, on the butcher block, whatever it is. We said that if it was already cut up on it, so then it, this thing is you can't move it around again. Why not? So the same answer, Rabbi says, it's Mecham Litzel. That's not that you're not allowed to. Now, what about the Mishnah that you can't uh, um, lean a, a kedera with a piece of with a block of wood to make it you know. Not you know more steady this pot to steady the pot with a piece of broken piece of wood, and this is on yuntif, and also a door you can use the piece of wood as a door stopper. Now I don't understand why not on yuntif it's a davar shemalachto leheter. After all, wood is a very useful thing on yuntif. I need to cook. I need wood to be able to cook. Okay, so why is it um, a davar shemalachto? So we see a davar shemalachto leheter whether it's zarukufo or mukamo. It's awesome. So, because um, otherwise it doesn't make sense why you wouldn't be allowed to use the wood for this other use. So the Gemara says the reason why over there is because since on Shabbos is Dabr Shemach they made a Xer of Yom Tevatu Shabbos. So that's why you can't use a piece of wood for anything except for its primary use of putting it on the fire, in the fire's firewood. Now maybe you'll say, why don't you say it's mutter on Shabbos? It's not worse than a Dabr Shemach and a dog shall not really say, let's talk kufa, let's talk makamos, mutter. So even if you tell me we make a xer of yantav at Shabbos, even on Shabbos, something like that should be allowed. Because what is it on Shabbos? It's a malach to It's meant to use it for firewood. So what? I, I have a use for it to hold my door open or to support my pot. So anyway, the Gemara says, a major qualifier in this din, and that is that the this is only true on items that have a Torah's clear love, that are considered utensils. Uh, but if it's not a Torah's clear love, so then no, there's, no, there's no allowance. It has to be a utensil first. Once it's a utensil, then we could say, well, if it's malachal iser, and I have a use for it, then I can use it. But this is just a piece of wood. This is not a kli. So therefore, it's a different story. So the Gemara says, is it true that we make a gzerik to Shabbos? Ah, we're allowed to lower the fruit that are left on the roof to dry through the skylight, 
on Yom Tov, but you can't do so on Shabbos. Why don't we make the Xer of Yom Tov after Shabbos? Okay, and then the Gemara says, but we clearly do make Xeris because the Mishnah says there's no difference between Yom Tov and Shabbos except for Ochel Nefesh alone. Sounds like all Xeris are, are applicable to Yom Tov. So, I mean, whatever is Asr on Shabbos will be Asr on Yom Tov as well. We don't make allowances unless it's Ochel Nefesh related. So Rabbi Yosef says maybe it's Machlokas Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Shua. This this two sides is it's contradictory. It's one is Rabbi Yezer, that's Rabbi Shua. Because as we know the Allah of Osobas Bino, that we had this earlier on in the Masechta, that uh, the, both mother and child fell into the pit. And I it's Yamtev. And I want to bring it up to 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 have food on Yamtev. I want to slaughter the animal and eat it. So according to Rabbi Yezer, I just can pick up the first one. Uh, and I'm going to shecht it with the intent of shechting it, so therefore it's not, it's useful for me. I'm allowed to do that, and then I shecht it. But the second one I can't bring up, because I won't be allowed to shecht it, because once I shecht the first one, I can't shecht the second one. And, this, and I just have to feed it while it's there. That's, um, you know, so it shouldn't die till FTMTF. Rabbi Yeshua says, I can bring up the first one with the intent to shecht it. And then, don't check it, and change my mind, and say, you know what, I want to bring up the second one, because I want to eat that one. And then after, they're both up, I can check whichever one I like, and then they're both safe and protected. Now, so we assume that the, the idea, the concept of Rabbi Shua is basically looking to protect the person's monetary loss, so that's the same thing by this stuff on the roof. Even though something like this shouldn't be allowed, in general, we made an allowance for uh, you know to drop the the, the fruit in, through the rooftop in through the the skylight um, in order to protect the monetary loss. It's the same thing over here. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shua is allowing that. Gemara says that this comparison of Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Shua's machlokas is not really such a good comparison to our case. Number one, um, you know even Rabbi Lezer only allowed it, only didn't allow it over there because there was an option of taking care of the animal. It wasn't necessarily going to die. And it's not likely going to die. You're feeding it. You're making sure that it's going to survive till left Yomtev. But if there was not that option, maybe it'd be look for more option opportunities to protect person's monetary loss. Or you could say that Rabbi Yeshua said the only reason why he allowed the second one is because it was a, tr- a trick allowance. It was something that you could argue and say, oh, we'll, uh, we'll bring up the first one. And then we changed our mind. So it's not necessarily... Um, uh, uh, you know, do you have this way of looking at it that you're not really doing a direct iser, um, and therefore, but it, when you don't have that option of harama, there's no trick to do. So then, maybe even he will say that it should, that it should be also. So the bottom line is, it's nothing to do with machlokas or belazer and bishua. And then came along our puppet and he says, you know what the difference is? Maybe it's beishami and beishila, because doesn't beishami hold that you can't carry? A child, a lulav, or a sefer to shusarabim. Okay, um, in, in the thing, this is on yamtiv, and he's saying that because uh, the only thing that you're allowed to carry on yamtiv is if it's ochel nefesh related. These have nothing to do with ochel nefesh, so you can't carry it. Okay, and Basil says that it's mutter. So the Gemara says, you're right, that does sound like a very similar idea that uh, basically we make a gzir at Yom Tov Shabbos according to Bishami, but according to Bishilal, we're more lenient than Yom Tov. But that might be true, but that they're talking about carrying, not muksa. So the Gemara says, at Big Yisod, a very important idea, that Tiltul itself is really a, a Hotzah-related gzir midarbanan. The whole din of, of 
Muktza in general is because people weren't careful, as we saw, in carrying. They were just carrying things all over the place. So in order to drive the point home, you've got to watch what you even move. Forget about carrying. So it's really more of an outgrowth of the same concept. And therefore, it makes sense that the xeras on, uh, uh, that they made about Hotza, they would apply to, to Muktza as well. Next we saw is Rav actually paskins like Rava, with regards to Dabrashim Lachto Le'iser, that you can carry it How do I know that? Because Rav said that if you're bringing in a shovel, that it shouldn't be stolen, that is Tiltoshlolotzoruch, and that's Aser. Um, that's only, it sounds like it's only a problem if, it's, if it's, uh, you're afraid of getting stolen. But if I need the shovel, or I need the place where the shovel is, that would be Mutatamuch, which is really fitting in with Rava's understanding. Now, the problem is, is that Rav Kanak once came to Rav, and he said, bring a, the net so he could sit on it, uh, which is a mukta item, which sounds like that even a Dabash it's only Mutu Lutzar Kufa, not Lutzar So the Gemara says, actually, the story was a little different. He said, take this net thing away so Kanak have a place to sit. Um, and then it's Lutzar Mekomo. Or the net was in a place that was in a, a, at risk, and therefore meaning it was in a dangerous, in a bad location. So there was a chamalatzel concern, and if I bring it in for that, that would be a problem. But now Rav kind of came, and I'm short a, sh- a chair, so I'll say, oh, that net that happens to be rotting in the sun or drying out in the sun, bring it in so he could have a seat. And the, basically, I'm, 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 I'm allowing it because I'm using it and then even though it has an advantage of it, it's still legal and still allowed. Alright, anyway, so that was the second possibility. We saw a, a story with Rav, um, Rav Mari Barachel. Rav Mari Barachel had uh, some pillows, some cushions outside in the sun, and they were going to get ruined. So he came to Rava and he said, can I bring it inside? So he says, yeah, sure. So he says, but I have other pillows. So he says, too bad. So what? It doesn't matter. You, it's good for the guests. So he says, but I also have enough for the guests. So on that, Rabbi said, aha, I see that you hold that you're not allowed to move it, even though it's a klish, uh, you're not allowed to move it, according to you. So uh, if that's the case, you hold like Rabbi. Once you hold like Rabbi, so then the whole world can, I pass in that it's motor. Because they go with me, but you, all like Rabbi, you're, you you have to be machmir, and um, it's aser for you. Um, next, we talked about is the um, Rab Abba said in the name of Rabbi Ashi in the name of Rav that there's two types of brooms. There's a broom that's made out of uh, material that's used basically just to scoop um, clean off the crumbs off the table. It's a table brush. And that is not mukta, but a floor uh, broom, which is used on the dirt floor, that actually smooths out the floor, which is um, uh, fills up the holes, and that's a problem that's prohibited to do on Shabbos, therefore it's mukta. So, therefore you can't move them. And uh, Rebbe Lazar says, even that one you can move. Now, what are we talking about? If you needed we know Rab would say that should be allowed. So it must be, we're talking about moving in Mecham Letzel. Why would Rebbe Lazar say that you can't? So the Gemara says, you're right. Really, it's Mecham Letzel. You can't move a broom that's going to get dried out if you leave it outside, that was left outside, and bring it in because it's something that in those days was a mukta item because they had 
wooden, they, had, they didn't have wooden floors, they had um, dirt floors, and uh, therefore he wouldn't be allowed to carry it in to protect the item. But um, but if it's, uh, and Rebbe Lazar wasn't arguing on that, he was uh, concurring with him, he says yes, okay. Next thing we talked about is broken parts of a keli. So we saw Mej Machlux in the Mishnah that uh, if you have a keli, a utensil, and then it broke, so um, as long as it can do something, the broken piece, then it's not automatic, it doesn't become mukta. It's still useful. Um, if, uh, so all, but all that's needed is a use. It doesn't have to be a similar use. That's Tanakam's opinion. So like, let's say a trough that broke, so now, but it's a big pieces of pottery, I can use it as a barrel cover, so therefore it's fine. Or glass, I could use a broken piece of glass as a, as a bottle stopper. Um, that's Shitas Atanakam. Rebuda argues and he says, no, uh, it has to be due along the lines of its original malacha. Then it's allowed. So therefore, the broken trough has to be able to hold something like a bowl of chont, whatever, you know, something thick, a thick chont, okay? And uh, if it's glass, it would have, be able to like still contain a little bit of oil. So it could be a little bit of an oil container. But if it, if it doesn't have along the lines of what its original use is, according to Ryuta, that's, that's not going to be muksa. So, comes along Ryuta in the name of Shmuel and says a major qualifier on this. He says they're only arguing if it was broken from Erev Shabbos. Because that's when uh, Ryuta requires it that it should have to have its original use, not, not, any, not a new use. Um, but uh, if it broke on Shabbos, then even Rabbi Yudha would say there's nothing wrong with this because it didn't. When it, Shabbos started, it uh, was useful. It was it was useful. So even though now it's broken, it, the fact that it still has a use is good enough. Even Rabbi Yudha would agree to that. On that, Rabbi Zutroy asked. He says this pshat doesn't make sense because we learn we learned that you're allowed to uh, use a keli, an old pole let's say that you, a wooden bowl that has your firewood, and you can't use a broken one. And when did it break? If it broke on Erev Yontif, so then nobody would say that's not allowed to be used for your firewood. It is your firewood. What do you do with the broken pieces of, of a wood product? You put it in the firewood section and use it for firewood. So uh, that's why it's uh, obviously can't be broken, have them broken before Shabbos, before Yontif, I mean. So it must have happened that it was broke on Yomtev. And now I want to know, can I use it as firewood now that it's broken? So he said, no, only Kalim and not Shivrei Kalim. Um, so what do you see is that it would, even though it started out Shabbos useful, and now it's still useful as firewood, you, it's, it's clearly a problem. So therefore he says, you're right. But, but basically what review, there is a qualifier here, but it's exactly the reverse. Review then says in the name of Shmuel that this is only an argument when it broke on Shabbos. That's where it's, um, one says it's good enough and still mok- not mukta, and the other one says, no, since it has a new use, it's no lot. It's a brand new use, and that's why it's mukta as a new item. But if it were broke on Erev Shabbos, then everybody would say it would be mutter. Why? Because it was good for whatever use it was from before Shabbos. So now it's good for that use. It doesn't need to be name malachton, original use. Because who cares? As long as it's useful for me, it shouldn't be mukta. So we saw in one of the sources that uh, it's interesting. The one place says Masika Mikalim and not Shavikalim. The other one says Kalim and 
Shibri Kalim, and the other one says, neither. So either the one opinion is only Kalim, not Shibri Kalim, the other opinion is both Kalim and Shibri Kalim, the other opinion is neither Kalim nor Shibri Kalim are good for your firewood, on Yantav. So my explains, this is the three sheetas, Rabbi Yehuda, who says this problem of Nolad, and therefore Shibri Kalim not, but Kalim yes. Then there's Rabbi Shimon who doesn't worry about Nolad here, and therefore it's both good. And then there's Rabbi Nechemia, um, who says that you can only use anything uh, for its primary use. And of course, it's not a prim- its primary use is not being fulfilled over here because, after all, um, it's not, it's not, it never achieves its primary use. I mean, the primary use is as a bolt. So therefore, it's for sure not going to be allowed, neither a keli nor a shiva keli, and therefore, I guess he also holds a nolat, and that's the why neither are allowed. Okay. Next thing we saw is Rav Nachman, he said that these bricks that were left over from a built, from a, a bricklaying project, so you can move it around because it's good for sitting on. What happened is, if it's arranged to, to indicate that there's a new job, then you're mocked it, you, you set it aside for that use only for building, and therefore it's mocked. Rav Nachman said the name of Shmuel, also if you have a small piece of earthenware, you can carry such a thing in the Chatzar, because you could put it as a cover of a barrel, but not in a Carmelist, because we have a barrel in a Carmelist. Rav Nachman said that in the name of Shmuel. Then Rav Nachman himself said that even in the Carmelist it's allowed. It's just the Rishos Rabbim it's not. And then came along Rav and says, even the Rishos Rabbim it's allowed. And this is Rav's story. He was walking and his feet got, his shoes got muddy, and he had his helper take grab a piece of earthenware that was lying on the floor, broken pottery, and he wiped his shoes clean. And the rabbis were up in arms. How could he do that? It's a moksa thing. And he says, Bad enough, you guys don't know how to learn yourselves. You're teaching people the wrong halacha. So he says, if I was in a chatzar, is this thing moksa? Answer, no. Okay, I could use it to cover something. So therefore, it's not moksa. So to, if I'm, as long as I'm using it for a use, who cares? I, I have a use for it here in the, in the public domain. It shouldn't be a problem at all. Next we saw is the barrel cover that where the barrel got ruined. So we saw that it's mutter to move on Shabbos, and the prize says that if you, uh, that you're allowed to move it on Shabbos, even it or and the broken parts of the barrel. What you're not allowed to do is you're not allowed to fix it up to be used for covering something. Uh, you can't start, because that's already Makabe Patish. Um, or let's say, you know, you meaning to shave it down to size or like fixing it up, as long as it, you didn't have to change it, and it's useful, that's fine. If you threw it in the garbage, then it would be prohibited. On that, Rabbi Papa says, what do you mean, if I take my shirt and throw it in the garbage, and then does it become not a, not a keli anymore? So Rabbi Papa says, no, if before Shabbos, you threw it in the garbage, that shows that you have no use for this barrel top, so therefore you establish that it's mukta in your mind, and you, you, you basically have no use for it, and that's the difference, and that's where we left off yesterday, and